Engage Sessions. The NSR Media Network presents Sessions, bringing you behind the scenes and into the lives of your favorite music artists. And now, here's your host, Barry Davis. And welcome once again to another edition of your favorite podcast involving music artists and hosted by myself and Tom Ford. Of all the ones just like that, this is your favorite. Yeah, I think it's not even a hot take to say that this is the absolute best podcast like that in the whole world. Okay, now you're getting a little ridiculous, okay? You had to take it and just bunch it, push it one more further, didn't you? Well, you know what? It's go big or go home, right? This is a music podcast. This is true. And we have some music for you today. And boy, do we ever. A brand new single from Biff Naked. Well, brand new to us, Tom, but not necessarily brand new. Biff will explain. The song is called I Broke Into Your Car Last Night. Awesome song. Tom, since I first played this, I can't get it out of my head. It's just there. It's fun. It is. Biff has always had that ability to to just really get it like a good, fun hook into her tunes and and this this tune in particular is no exception it's fun it's kind of devilish there's a great sort of wicked sense of humor behind it and very different than the last few songs we've heard from Biff Naked and and very different from a lot of a lot of her more recent stuff so you're going to love it and you're going to love the conversation with Biff we get into a whole bunch of topics including uh, what is going on in the world right now obviously with COVID, uh, we get into also, oh man, CBD and cannabis <laughs> talk. Uh, we get into being able to express sexuality. We get in, we get into everything, don't we, Tom? Yeah, there's not much we don't talk about in this interview. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to get into it. Well, before we get into our conversation with Biff Naked, uh, we're going to talk in just a minute about uh, not one of my favorite artists in the world. I don't know if he's one of yours either. Uh, (laughs) Marilyn Manson, in the news, music-wise. But before that, uh, let's play a little song that will bring back memories to uh, many, many of you listening. Oh, Tom, uh, this past week, some very, very sad news. And for, uh, you know, for me, it was probably into my later teens, early 20s when Saved by the Bell first hit the air. Uh, You being 10 years younger than me, this was your wheelhouse, I'm thinking. Yeah, it was. I was never a big fan. No, Um, really? (laughs) No. You you did not crush on... uh, No, no, not at all on any of them. No, the, none of them Amber were my Thiessen? cup of tea. No, I was oh. no, I was like a Claire da- Claire Danes, my so-called life kind of guy. Yeah. yeah, so the Saved by the Bell girls never did it for me. They were way too, uh, I don't know, too California. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Um, you're familiar with the theme song we just played, right? Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. all right. Well, I'm s- well, a very interesting story regarding that song, written by a gentleman by the name of Scott Gale. Now, if you, this is how how uh, well known of a songwriter he is. If you Google Scott Gale, you will find a number of different types of artists, uh, in, or not really artists, people, including I think a rugby player. Uh, you really have to search deep to find this guy. Hmm. There's no specific Wikipedia page for him, so if you go into Wikipedia and you you know write his name, yep. you get the page for Say by the Bell. But he was a songwriter, and uh, the interesting story for this was that uh, he had a, a implicit instructions from the producer of the show. All right? Okay. Uh, the pr- yeah, producer, uh, he had not been able to keep the show from being named Saved by the Bell. Well, hang on a second. What? I forgot. This, I, I'm only reading the end of this here. So <laughs> Angle had, oh, he did not want the show to be called Saved by the Bell. All but right. they called it Say by the Bell. So he was determined to prevent the phrase from showing up in the theme. So he gave explicit instructions, you know, that he would not accept any theme that referenced the title. The group to uh, agreed to leave the phrase out. A week right. later, 
this guy listens to the first four uh, composers, and you know they all followed his instructions. Mm-hmm. Songs, nothing special. Then Gail played his song next, and he said, "Say by the bell," and uh, well, that's the one that ended up being the theme song, and good for uh, Mr. Gale. It's a good, it's a good little rocking song. I like it. Yeah, you know, it's who'd have ever thought that show would have ended up being sort of the cultural you know icon that it was it was yeah well you know here we are little yeah how how deep into the conversation are we and we we haven't even really mentioned the fact that uh dustin diamond passed away this past week he was only 44 years old he played screech and and this was the character uh i think we all knew a screech Mm -hmm. uh, when we were going to school right uh so i think a lot of us could could relate to him but he was only 44 years old. I mean, that's that to me, that is really, really sad. And uh, it was cancer. I, I believe I heard it was yeah. it was uh, lung cancer. Oh, I'm not sure. I, I read the, the reports I read on it today just mentioned stage four. And Yeah, small I, cell uh, carcinoma. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the bad one. That's the bad yeah. one. Yeah. That, and that is in your lungs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's the one. Large Very, cell carcinoma isn't as bad. The small cell one is the one you really don't want. And, and you know, for someone that young, right, it's just, yeah. it's really sad. But it just made you think of, you know, the certain shows that, that were part of our our teenage years. Uh, for me, you know, the, I'm going to admit it, Tom. Mm-hmm. I watch Beverly Hills 90210 every week with my then-girlfriend, uh, now wife, so we'd watch that and uh, you know, the other one, uh, Melrose, Place, Melrose Place, right? Yep, that kind of stuff. But yeah, See, I mean, you just you when you watch a long series like that, you get so attached to the characters, you almost feel like you know them. Yeah, you totally do. And actually, you know, funny going to our guest today. Our guest was actually on probably one of my top five favorite TV shows of all time, Degrassi. No, no. Biff was on Buffy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right, too. We spoke to her about that in one of the conversations over the years we've had with Biff. But, yeah, Buffy yep. the band. You know, speaking about, speaking about like, good characters that stick with you and, and an important show at a part in, you know, a time in your life, Buffy was that for, for me and, and, and my, my now wife. I think that's, like, the last show we ever really enjoyed together because she never likes the stuff I like. Okay, speaking of vampires and evil and all the like, uh, what the heck happened with Marilyn Manson? Oh, man. You know, we we talked about, what artist did we talk about last week? And we were talking about sort of the cancel culture around, oh, uh, Phil Spector, obviously. Yes, yes. So, we, you know, we come right off Phil Spector and, and this monster who was completely aided and, and the aided and abetted and you know it took him killing someone to stop him and and thank god marilyn manson didn't kill somebody but yeah it you know i haven't read like detail detail on this but evan rachel wood has come out with some just absolutely heartbreaking accusations apparently they've been confirmed by manson's own um personal assistant who, really? Ugh. Yeah, she quote. She was quoted today as saying he broke her. Uh so you know this is one of the. I hate it. It's mm-hmm. you know how did this happen? And right. And I, I mean, I've never been a fan of Marilyn Manson. I don't know much about the person. Uh, I'm not big on the music that was produced, so uh, I know nothing about any past mm-hmm. history. But it doesn't matter. I mean, this is yeah. This is awful stuff. Yeah, this is beyond any image you want to put out. I mean, this is just a, a cruel and sadistic person. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, a person with some very obvious problems in dealing with people of the opposite sex or people in any sort of intimate way in their life. And, and mm-hmm. man, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I'm, I'm kind of horrified because apparently there's a number of people that have now come out and this is a pattern in his life apparently. And, you know, it's one of those things that we see time and time again. Um, you know, up here in Canada, we had, uh, was a John Gameshi, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, where everybody knew, it's that open secret. And and we just keep hearing one thing after another. And, uh, man, who knows? Who knows? If, 
if there's a way that we can actually start stopping this stuff from happening, it would be great. But we haven't been able to figure anything out so far. Well, since you've brought the mood down to like a minus 20, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to perk it back up. In just a moment, we're going to have our conversation with Biff Naked. But first of all, you are going to love it. This is brand new music. I broke into your car last night. Here it is from Biff Naked on Sessions. new music from Biff Naked, who joins us now. I broke into your car last night. Biff, I, I got to say, one of the things that I love so much about you, and, and there are many, but when I listen to a Biff Naked album, I'm not going to be listening to the same song over and over and over again. There's so many different textures, so many different sounds. Soon as I heard this, I'm like, Biff, I love it. It is so different than the yeah, last... I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is nothing like just like jim uh last year we put out this is nothing like anything else on the record that we're uh champion is going to be as i guess eclectic as all of my other records are so i'm excited about it you know the one thing that really hit home with me uh with with the the new single in particular is the statement the fun of it right you know um it, it's a love song, but it's it's a love song with one heck of a twist. And, you know, throughout your career, you've sort of broken down barriers here and there uh, as, as an advocate for things like sexuality, for mental health. Um, I, I wonder, when you were writing this song, did you realize you were writing a tune now? You know, with all the barriers that female artists have overcome, you were writing a song that a guy couldn't write nowadays. Um, definitely. I, I am always aware that if it was a, a dude singing this song, it would be stalking. It would be, <laughs> I mean, crime. It would be a felony. And um, 
you know, technically it's still uh, criminal behavior, but at the same time, yeah, it's uh, it's metaphoric. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's basically the the vision of the song. Um, you know, the visualization anyway that we had was, you know, if you could sit in the car that belongs to your crush and you could sit in the back seat and take Polaroids yourself and send them to him or leave them all over the car or, you know, this type of thing. Or yeah, take selfies in the back of, of their car. You know, that was the, that was basically what the uh, idea was. You know, Biff, we've talked to a number of songwriters over the last little while about how they get into the, the whole process of writing songs. And one thing I haven't asked about yet to any of these artists, and I, I'll ask you, is it common to be just just shooting it with one of your friends, just having a talk or watching the news or doing something, and you just go, oh, my God, that would make an, an awesome song? And then you kind of write a song around just something like that? Oh, for me as a lyricist, I've always really liked... Um... Yeah, things that uh, strike me, like I, I remember at one time uh, I wrote a, do- a song about being the dog and then my crush was the master. And that I felt, I always felt like I was just chained up in the yard, just waiting for crumbs, you know, basically. And so the whole song was about, I was the dog, basically. <laughs> and I think that it's just, um, it works because it it's poetry, you know, lyrics are poetry anyway, they're a form of poetry. And um, yeah, using using metaphors has uh, you can find them any anywhere. You can find them in the news. You can find them reading. You can find them just talking to you, you know between you and I in a conversation. You could go, oh, I like that. I like that word that we had, serendipity, or I like that word that we had, violence or hysteria or like whatever, and and write a song around it. Has COVID been inspiring you as an artist at all? Um, yeah, for sure. I think that, um, you know, we're, we're working on this song right now. That's a thrash, thrash song. It's a thrash metal song. Love it. Love it. And, uh, it's a bit, it, it's a bit like, it's a, it started out as a bit of a stay away from me style song, uh, which is so, uh, prevalent in rock music, you know, the, the lone wolf type of song, but really COVID does, uh, does play a part because it is kind of directed at people who you want to stay away from you like you know people who perhaps you know don't don't follow the rules (laughs) 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 you um yeah and covid definitely has it's been a very isolating year uh for us as artists but generally as people in general it's just this weird kind of isolating thing um, I don't live alone, but if I did, you know, it would, uh, it would definitely be much worse. I know that, for example, my sister uh, is a single mom. So, you know, those two being my, my niece and my sister being isolated is very different from, you know, me with my, you know, adult husband being isolated. It's very different. Uh, you miss conversations. You miss the simple things like commuting to work. Literally, if you're a shy person, and your only interaction in a day really is the bus driver and the person where you get your coffee from at noon. Even if you don't have what would seem like meaningful exchanges with those people, it's still, you're going to find a void. And, and it's, you know, it, there's always going to be this simmering undercurrent of loneliness that is going to start to permeate your life. And I think that's what people have discovered. You know, there's a person that you and I have as a mutual friend and, I think about them all the time during COVID because, like, yeah, I, I have my wife and my son and my pets, and you have your husband, your doggy, and Tom, you've got your wife and kids. Uh, our friend Andrew Nielsen is is so lonely right now, and I see him post pictures of himself, you know, and his, 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 his really good friend Todd would be able to come and kind of see him through the glass once in a while. But, oh, man, I, like, my heart just goes out to, to someone like Andrew. Absolutely. It's, it's very isolating. It's much harder uh, for anyone who is uh, yeah, isolated to begin with and then add COVID. We're not allowed to go and visit. We're not allowed to. And, and that happens for a lot of people in any, if you're, if you, you know, have a position where you're a volunteer, for example, hospital volunteers, greeters, all this type of thing, you're not allowed to, it's gone. Those programs had to end. Mm-hmm. And they were very beneficial. 
uh, for people. It's just, it's just very, it's, uh, it's unbelievable how mm. things are, are right now. And so it's hard for me to, I guess, understand and accept people who don't want to, I guess, play by the rules because we have to see it through. There has to, it has to come to an end and it's not going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you know everybody kind of works together uh, in a in a public health way, like it's just really simple. It's not even about science versus anything else. It's just really simple. We just want to be able to get back to volunteering, get back to doing our visits for people in um, just nursing homes or assisted living, anything like that. And uh, don't get me started about jail. You know, it's just uh, everything, it's just, uh, it's, it's just an awful time in our history. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you bring up uh, a lot of stuff that really touches on the fringes of mental health. And uh, here in Canada, we just had a, a big day uh, that's just passed us, which is Bell Let's Talk. And um, for me, I, I'm a mental health advocate. I, I had a, a really severe battle myself for years. And I found Bell Let's Talk probably more difficult this year um, than uh, I've always kind of liked it, to be honest, because it's a lot of people just putting out good messages and having conversations that we should be having. But this year, I, I couldn't help but think of things like, um, you know, we don't even know how many Canadians did lose their lives to mental illness, to addiction last year. We haven't counted yet. We, like, we know how many people died of COVID yesterday. But we, we haven't bothered to count in 2020. If, if you, you know, as a mental health advocate, um, are, you, are you staying back or are there things that you're involved in right now to, to try and keep pushing that forward? Like, is it, are you seeing the same things that I am seeing the same sort of frustration that it seems to be sort of pushed back at our own peril? Or, or is there hope? Or are there people out there doing amazing things? Well, I mean, things like Bell X Talk Day are great. Uh, because they do give people who normally wouldn't say anything, they give them uh, an excuse or something to frame it in. And so it does get, empower people to do that because it's within the context of a social little movement that happens once a year. Uh, there's a lot of criticism, obviously, uh, for or things like that, for events and online events like that. Because, yeah, people get frustrated. They say they're... they're rest of the year 364 other days of the year people are having suicidal ideology people are suffering they're struggling and nobody says a peep about it all you can do is hope that that one day that that one person uh shared their bell let's talk you know motivational saying that it, it it sparked something within them that they will uh keep going and reach out to their friends or estranged family members um, and keep it going. The same goes for, I mean, it's the same like food banks, for example. So there are a lot of critics of food banks across the country saying that, you know, food banks shouldn't have to be used. They shouldn't be there. They shouldn't exist. The government should just simply um, help people more, uh, more thoroughly, more funding, uh, raise the rates, all these things. But unfortunately, and it's not that that's not true, Absolutely, it's true. There needs to be more funding. Things, the rates do need to be raised. It's just archaic what people are expected to live on, especially, I mean, especially if you are on disability, especially, you know, with ODSP. And I came here from BC. So in BC, you know, there are equally as many issues. And here in Ontario, it's very different. The population is even bigger. Um, and the government has... Uh, a big job and they're they're not really doing it very well so there's going to be a lot of critics but unfortunately food banks yeah they're okay you can sit there and say they're not they shouldn't be needed okay fair enough but unfortunately there's still a mother of three that relies on going there every day and without that food bank i'm sorry she is left not being able to feed her kids so what is you know what is going to be the solution here there's so many things that we can do better in our society. We have to be advocates. Okay, so we're stuck at home. Stay at home order, notwithstanding, what can we do, you know? Yeah, unfortunately and fortunately, people have to be armchair activists right now. They have to be, and they have to spread the word. They have to spread positive messaging and get 
links and websites out there, maybe people will, maybe one person will click on that link and donate to an organization that you've shared about. And that can't be a bad thing. It cannot be a bad thing to share those things. So I think um, anybody who wants to help and wants to be more helpful uh, just in a public health way or in society, it's easy to do. Everyone's online, share links. Like everybody's online, just share links. That's it. You know, I even find Biff from from an anxiety sufferer myself and someone who was at the point where I just had overload of news updates. And I decided that, okay, because I'm on social media a lot for, for work purposes. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to follow any of the news channels anymore. I'm blocking Donald Trump, so I don't even see a retweet from him. And I wake up every morning, and the first thing I see on Twitter is namaste from you and a beautiful little thing that just puts me in a good spirit. So the, the, so all I'm saying is that it, it ta- it's so simple. It does not take a lot for anybody that's watching to brighten someone's day just by writing something nice about them, about the world, about something. Because, man, I'm, I'm so tired of the hate that is out there. It is, it's totally nuts. You know, really, it is, a, it is overwhelming. You don't have to be um, an anxiety sufferer to suffer from anxiety just from a news feed. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a lot of stuff going on in the world and a lot of it is just astonishing how awful it, it is. And, um, and people, yeah, people are very polarized. People are divided. People have no problem uh, talking shit and spewing hate and, and, and saying terrible things to other people. Uh, especially online, because again, that's where everyone is right now. That's where everyone lives. So, I mean, you know, what can you do? You can sit there and say, well, take it with a grain of salt and, you know, water off a duck's back. Don't let it bother you, all this stuff. But it does, and it does get get in there. And I find the same thing with, uh, with animal cruelty stuff. I can't see it. I cannot, I cannot uh, read too many stories. Uh, about, you know, a dog that was found in a dumpster, a dog thrown in a ditch, a cat that was burned, you know, cows that are like kicked around, like all this stuff. I ha- I literally have to log off and-, and take a social media day off because I will just get overwhelmed and it'll be, too- and it gets, I can't even fake happy. You know, I can't even fake it for my job. My job is like being positive, honestly. It's like Little Miss PMA and that's cool. And I, I like it. Uh, but on the days when I cannot bring the PMA, I simply don't log on. Do you ever feel that, you know, it's almost going against the grain being that happy? Um, your, your Instagram feed, I'll bring up, for example, because I'm, I'm a big Instagram guy. And if you look at my feed, you know, it's, it's that positivity out into the world. And that's all I can think of sometimes, but I'm going to put a, a, an image out or just a little riff out there that hopefully will bring a smile to, to someone's face. So when I see your account and I see you doing that same thing, um, it's, 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 it's amazing. And it, and it, it just as Barry says it quite often that namaste and you know, the, tr- the, the skyline there, it, it's a good smile on my face. Um, does it ever feel like you're like, like even that in, in this day and age is an act of rebellion, just being happy and putting out positivity? Oh, 100%. And there's a lot of people that talk about toxic positivity. And, you know, there is a huge um, percent of the population, whether they are spiritually inclined or not, um, they believe that being too positive is toxic. And then they'll list, here's why this is toxic, or they'll call it toxic positivity. Um, and I read that with great interest because I obviously think, oh no, oh no, I hope I hope nobody, nobody thinks that my positivity is toxic. And then eventually I have to just go, fuck it. You know what? I actually don't <laughs> care if anybody thinks that I'm being toxic, if I'm too positive for them, that's okay. That is okay with me because as long as my mom laughs at my post or my sister uh, or like you guys that have a smile, then that's cool. I, I can't worry about uh, my being positive or bringing the PMA 
which is like, I mean, you know, the old punks that we looked up to were like PMA all the way. They were straight edge. They were Krishna punks. They were positive mental attitude. And uh, it was motivating for us. You know, we were like, you know, losers with cracked skateboards on welfare. We needed to have our heroes talk about PMA and positive mental attitude. So, you know, now in 2021, um, you know, if anyone thinks that positivity is toxic, I just, all I can do is go, no has a sad. <laughs> like, okay, like, there's nothing you can do about that. You can just go, okay, I'm going to just keep on my path because that's all I can do is just do my path. I can't, I can only just be myself. And that and sounds, that sounds a, lot a, lot like, a lot like what, uh, what music artists, uh, music artists take as far as a mindset, take as far as a mindset. You put out because a you new put out song. A new song. Some people are going to say Some this, is the, say, this is the best fifth naked song I've ever heard. Some people will say, why isn't she rocking? The thing is, as an artist, you, you can't worry about that, right? You, you can't right? worry about that, right? You're Biff Naked. You write what you write. You record what you record. And if somebody loves it and gets motivated, awesome. If somebody says it's the worst piece of shit they've ever heard, then listen to something else. That's right. Yeah, and that's that's been from the beginning, you know, since the first record I put out in 1994, you know, I've had to kind of steady myself against that kind of critique. And that's cool because, yeah, you know, it, it can't be for everybody and that's okay. <laughs> you know, that's another great point you bring up. Uh, it's a question that we've asked a lot of artists that we've had on the show is, you know, how the industry's changed over the last few years. And I've actually been dying to ask you this because you've always done things your own way. You know, you, you had your own label, you put, so, you know, as labels kind of fell by the wayside as we went, you know, into the 2000s and they, they did less and less for artists, the, the landscape for a lot of people's changed, but your landscape was always a bit a step to the left, I think, of, of what a lot of people were doing in the mainstream. So I would love to hear your perspective on on this the music industry right now. Like you've got an album coming out, you're getting ready to share it. How has how has the COVID world changed what you're doing to get your stuff out? Well, our record was ready last year. And so when we put Jim out on Valentine's Day, we were intending to follow it up with Broke Into Your Car last May. And uh, we had a showcase planned um, uh, through Canadian Music Week and all this other stuff. And uh, as the pandemic started to unfold, it just seemed really not, I just didn't feel my record and my song was important, period, the end. And it wasn't like self-deprecating. Um, it just, I felt like, yeah, I'm not feeling like this is a time where I want to sit there talking about my stupid record when people are starting to die all over the world. So mm -hmm. things became more um, relevant to me. And then of course, you know, we had social uh, uprising, um, racial reckonings, and you know, a lot of change was very needed and started happening, uh, especially for us here in North America, what we were experiencing last summer, there was no way that I felt like putting out a record. I just didn't, it just wasn't as important as these movements that were happening. Um, so I just decided not to do it. It was just like, you know, I'm more interested in what's happening in the world. I'm, I think it's more important than my songs, really and truly. Um, so this year, you know, we had a, a um, in December, we had a, a, a streaming show that was planned. And we were going to drop, as a surprise, drop Broke Into Your Car uh, during this show. And, of course, the lockdown uh, kind of started on Boxing Day. Our show was December 30th, so it had to be postponed anyway. Um, but I just thought, let's just, let's put it out on New Year's. You know, let's just, like, put it out there. I, I want to share the song. We've been sitting on it. And there's a third single that has been planned for a year that I'm still waiting on. Um, because I want to do this really specific video for it. Um, and it's just, it's just trying to ride the wave and, and trying to find a time where for me, it felt, um, I guess, relevant in a way to what I was feeling in the day. And so it, it's nice to be able to finally put this song out. 
Um, Champion, we didn't really plan on releasing the entire record until the third single. So whenever that happens is when the record will be released. And that's part of the joy of A, not being held to a schedule, having my own label. Uh, and the reason I formed my own label in 1994 was because I had to. There was no Canadian label that would sign me. And in fact, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and go through the whole story, but my manager was told in 1994 I would never get on the radio. And he was given some advice from, by a uh, CEO from a Canadian record label that said, you know, you really shouldn't be working with this tattooed girl. Uh, it, it's really a waste of your time. She's never going to get on the radio. You know, there, there's no way this, this kid will ever do anything. So just don't bother. And he became angry and motivated by that. <laughs> and, and we formed a record label and just went overseas and, and worked out of Europe for a long time and then came back to Canada. And as they say, the rest is history. Um, but I say that to young artists all the time. Uh, just keep, keep on your path, do what you do. You know, eventually you're gonna be happy about it. It's not even like eventually someone will discover you, who cares? You know, and right now there's no better time uh, because anyone can discover you. Anybody at all can discover you on on these platforms like TikTok and uh, and YouTube and and Instagram. Anybody in the world. Um, so just keep at it. That's wonderful. Uh, I want to get back a little bit into the the whole songwriting process for a bit because you mentioned that you know you've got another song you're working on that's kind of thrash. And we, we know the, the, you know the punk sound and then the sound of this song. When you are starting to go through the process of writing the song, you've got a lyric, maybe you've got a melody. Is there a time when it comes to you that this is the kind of sound I want this song to have? Because, I mean, if you're a country singer, every song's going to be, you know, the same three chords kind of thing, right? It's, you know what you're writing. But when do you know where that song's going to go? Uh, it really depends, you know, and I write, I'm, uh, I write with Snake, uh, mm -hmm. my guitar player partner, and also with my longtime guitar player and co-writer, Doug Fury. Um, and so, you know, and so writing with two guitar players is, you know, always a little bit funny because if they had it their way, it would just be a death metal record. <laughs> so you know, finding the balance has been interesting um it's just it's a lot of fun and and to, to have a different um different feel to each song and you never really know because the song just starts to evolve we write every single song on acoustic guitar so every song starts out exactly the same um with with the guitar and a melody and yeah, as it progresses, we think of other things and we think of things that, you know, inspire us with the feeling like the, the one we're working on now is like really like early Metallica. And there was, there's one that we have that is like, I always think, no, it's kind of like, remember how if we can mix Duran Duran with you two from this year and have this kind of feel to it. And I like the drums from this Devo song. And I like the, you know, guitar from this Motorhead song. And we really, you know, kind of put it together like that. And, and so it's fun. We have a couple of these ballads. Um, one, you got, is that your dog down there that you're playing with? Yeah, she, oh, she just came back into to... this area. <laughs> Let's see her. Um, she's, come here. <laughs> come here. She's, uh, yeah, so she was rehomed uh, to us um, when she was four months old. And now we've, now she's, um, just over nine months old. I wasn't planning to get a, a pupper. Um, you know, I had dogs for a long time and my dogs, you know, finally passed away almost at 20 years of their life. They were very old dogs wow. and it killed me. And I had, I never recovered uh, from that loss. And so now I basically am a, a new mother again. And it's, you know, basically the, the my husband is on the curb and the dog takes like, absolute runs the house um it's very funny yeah we we find it's always the little ones actually that end up taking over the house i've got two dogs in my house and we got a giant big lab and and a little white fluff ball and the little white fluff ball is 
She, she wakes everybody up in the morning. She makes sure you go to bed at the right time. And then she makes sure you do whatever she wants you to do all day. So funny. <laughs> yeah. The queen. Mm-hmm. Biff, we, we've, we've talked about mental health. I also want to talk to you about the fact that you, you live a clean life now. Uh, you know, alcohol, drugs, all that. And a, a few weeks ago, we were talking to Kathy Valentine of the Go-Go's. And she talked about, yeah, yeah, well, you should, you should listen or watch the video of that. She was fantastic. Uh, she was talking about how, you know, during her days with the Go-Go's, it was, you know, alcohol, cocaine, alcohol, heroin. It was just like nonstop. But you're finding these days more and more the, uh, of musicians that were really into it heavily are becoming clean again. Do you, do you see this hopefully maybe as a trend to younger artists now that, you know, we're seeing the damage that had been done from that over the years that hopefully they won't make the same mistakes we did? Or is that just naive of me? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, for me, you know, I was very lucky to have a couple of mentors uh, when I was a young musician who were straight edge. And um, that was a whole different thing than simply being sober. Being straight edge was like a real deliberate uh, statement that I wanted to make at the time. And I knew, um, uh, because I was always a one, I always call myself a one beer drunk. Um, I knew that I just wouldn't be able to do my job if alcohol was involved. I wouldn't be able to, you know, do, uh, 200 shows in a row on two hours of sleep every night, period. The end, like literally I knew that because my physical body could not do it. Uh, if I had, alcohol, I talk louder, I laugh too much, you know, whatever the case, um, lose my voice. That was, that was my original thinking. It wasn't really um, because it was part of a 12 step program. So, you know, fast forward to now, um, I don't know, 30, almost 30 years later, uh, when I work with young artists, I always, you know, I always let them be themselves because for the most part, I'm sure, um, you know, people are going to do what they do, regardless of what we say, but by just being, uh, maybe they'll see that as an example. I've never told any, like my husband is not a straight edge by any means. He is, he likes red wine and that's cool. That's his deal. You know, I've never hawked him about it. I never would hawk him about it. Um, and my band has always drank, uh, loads, and that's their that's their that's their thing and they're jovial and and fine and fun and of course I get to just be the designated driver all the time so it works out for them of course um but I think that it's if anyone um wants to get clean or get sober especially as as an artist moving forward in this day and age if they didn't weren't previously sober I always think it's a it's a blessing in their life and it's going to enhance their art because it'll enhance their ability to be healthy and when we're healthy we're clear and we're creative and uh, it'll probably improve their life you know bringing up young artists uh is there anybody you're listening to right now that's that's brightening your life at all oh sure i work with uh Dellen gray uh, who is a toronto artist Mm-hmm. And uh, Dellen is the real deal. Um, enormously talented, funny, bright, beautiful, and uh, such a soulful writer. Her writing is um, a lot like, I always say it's a lot like mine. You know, I, I totally, I get Dellen. I like the, the way she writes. I love the songs that, that she writes. And, and her voice is unparalleled. I can't sing like Dylan. I wish I could, but I can't. You sing like you, Biff. You sing like you. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's a, it's a very Biff, I guess. It's never been perfect, you know, um, but Dylan, I think is perfect. There's an artist that Tom and I know personally, and I think I may have introduced you to her a couple years ago when she was just starting out and she goes by the name of Villavent and she rocks and she's fantastic. And I'll have to send you some of her latest stuff because she is really, really, really good. And I, I love seeing young people that can rock because you don't see a lot of it anymore. You know, it's like a lost art. Right. It is. But especially here in Canada, you know, it's like, um, I don't know. I think that 
our population is not as big as America, where a lot of the um, popular stuff that we listen to in rock comes from. Um, and yeah, there's so many, especially female artists here in Canada. Yeah, there's a lot of rocker girls that are really making inroads. Biff, before we let you go, um, you know, we talked about, you know, the alcohol and the drugs. And then there's something that still can be a little bit confusing for some people, and that is cannabis, CBD. And, you know, some people still say it's a drug, but it's an herb, and it's an herb that has helped number of people with their anxiety, including myself, including Tom. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about the business that you have and, and your CBD company? Well, cannabis is uh, different than CBD. Obviously, cannabis is not against the law anymore in Canada. Um, you know, I have a lot of opinions on how they've kind of rolled out cannabis in Canada and stuff like that. <laughs> they do the best they can. And the truth is that cannabis, you know, for centuries and centuries, it has been used uh, for pain management uh, and for um, spiritual and cultural growth. And, you know, here we are in 2021, it is not against the law in Canada, which is fantastic. CBD or, um, you know, a lot of oils or other things that are health supplements, and it is a health supplement and it should not fall under the cannabis act <laughs> but it does in canada uh so that's a whole other argument that i have um i have a lot to say uh but the thing about cbd is it will help people it enhances your health um it helps everything for a person it helps pets it helps um seniors it, it can help young people. It helps with anxiety. It, it can help. It can be utilized in harm reduction, in, in helping people um, get off harmful substances. It can help you uh, sleep better at night. It can help you, I don't know, communicate better. It can help your skin. You know, you can use it topically. I use it in my hair, by the way. I have a. I have a. Oh, very interesting. Yes, very interesting. <laughs> the 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 uh, product that. I have and work with is Mona Lisa Healing. And uh, Mona Lisa Healing is, um, I feel, a superior product to obviously to a lot of the other um, products that are out there. Unfortunately, uh, as the internet goes, which everyone knows, you can order anything off the internet. Um, you know, like, like other things that are like illegal drugs even. Um, you don't know where it's from, you don't know where it's made you don't really know if somebody's being truthful about the ingredients or the process they used uh, to derive the ingredients. Ours is cruelty-free. It's in, it's PETA certified in America, USDA organic. Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't, let me just, I'm glad you asked me. Let me, this is our little hint. Well, that's good. We're going to put your website up for this. Oh, very much. Yeah. So everyone, everyone watching will, will see it. But for those who are listening and aren't watching, what's the website? Where can they get more information, Biff? So MonaLisaHealing.com. Uh, that's a, the only address you need. <laughs> that's <laughs> all you need to know. And uh, explore. You know, there's lots of different um, questions answered. There's, you can ask questions and stuff about the products. And, and hopefully... You know, all, all I can do is hope that Health Canada um, will eventually uh, take it up where we can be a food supplement and not stuck in the Cannabis Act. Um, you know, obviously during this time of COVID, there are a lot of uh, bigger problems and issues. However, I, of course, believe that uh, CBD supplementation would help people no matter what is going on in the world it, it will help you with everything <laughs> everything yeah no i i would agree with you you know it, it, we've got a lot of things to prioritize but something like getting legislation which could be reflective of getting proper quality product out to this industry it is something that helps people i started using cannabis and it replaced clonazepam for me and if I was still using clonazepam, I don't think I'd be, uh, I, I wouldn't be doing as well as I am today, right? So it does. It has the ability to help people. And there are great companies like yourselves. 
out there doing this stuff and making this stuff. And, and I think we should work a little bit harder to make it easier for Canadians to get it. That's right. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how can Canadians get the new single, Biff? Uh, anywhere you want to get it. <laughs> everywhere. It's on YouTube, Spotify. Um, just search for it. It's on, uh, it's on Apple Music, iTunes, anything. Uh, it's called Broken Your Car. And uh, it's a love song. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for the rest of this album, Biff. And if you, if, if, if by chance you make any copies on vinyl, my wonderful vinyl collection is missing Biff Naked because Biff Naked came out after the vinyl era. So I need some Biff vinyl. I agree 100%. <laughs> Biff. Biff, love you. It's so great to talk to you again. I can't wait till we can actually see each other in person again. I want to see you jumping around on a stage again. Thank you. I appreciate that. I can't wait. I can't wait to see you again, too. It's so nice to talk to you guys. There is the incomparable Biff Naked. You like that? I dug out that word from uh, from Webster's. That is Not a... the dictionary. The, the TV show Webster. I heard one of the characters say it, and I thought, I'm going to use that word. That is a beautiful word. I would call it apt. Very good. <laughs> All right. Uh, now now the pressure's on. I got to step up next week. Matt always used to challenge me. I would say a word, he'd go, that's a good word. And I'd be like, all I said was, therefore. I mean, you know, not that mm. clever. But uh, every once in a while, I'll dig one out. A big thank you to Biff Naked. She was absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Uh, what, as what of the, yeah. Yes. Uh, as of the day of recording, I do not know who we have confirmed. There are two balls in the air, and one of them will drop in our lap. And that will be our guest next week. Exciting. Sounds good. Uh, if you are a visual person, you'll be able to watch the full video of our conversation with Biff Naked. That will be up on YouTube, uh, hopefully by the end of the week. I want to thank uh, our new video producer, Zane Davis, my flesh and blood, <laughs> who uh, is now uh, been hired on as, well, we don't pay him anything, uh, but it's good experience has been hired on as our video producer, so I want to give him a big thank you. Thomas, I want to thank you very much. Uh, we'll talk to you again here on Sessions. That's all the time we have for today's show. Until next time, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. I'm Casey Kasem.